Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good afternoon and welcome in to this Wednesday, November 2nd edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Spencer Pudnick, Frizzolini, and Colin McLaughlin, happy to have you with us. Uh, today on the show, we'll start the show talking some SSAC rankings, volleyball recap from last night, and we'll get into interviews from yesterday for the one of the Jefferson County rivalry. I don't know. I want to say Washington County rivalry because I thought I was looking at Glenn Simpson. And it was just in well, my head. There is a Washington County nearby. It's just yes, in a different in, state. In Maryland. Yes, but we'll have uh, interviews with Greg Craig Hunter and Glenn Simpson, and then around twelve twenty twelve twenty five, we'll be joined by uh, Colin Senator Ryan Weld. Uh, what district? The first district. The first district. Yeah. We have movement on uh, what we talked with him about earlier this year. I believe at the very beginning of the year. Yeah. I believe uh the circuit court made the ruling in march about the transfer rule for the wvssac and now the uh supreme court has made a ruling and he contacted uh rob this morning saying hey i know we talked about it on the show a few months ago and like to talk again if you guys will have us and i said sure so we'll have him on around 12 20 12 25 to talk about that ruling and then, at uh, the third segment, we'll talk about something near and dear to our hearts that might actually be happening of Colin and I. The NFL trade deadline? Well, that did happen. We'll talk about that. But uh, some news breaking around, what, 1045 this morning? We'll get into that later. Uh, it could be a very good uh, Thanksgiving holiday. And I was about to say, you guys got mad at me for celebrating Christmas too early, but this is the best holiday season ever if this is true. <laughs> All right, we're teasing that now. We'll, uh, we'll talk SSAC rankings started out. They were released yesterday afternoon. Park South comes in at number one, Hurricane at number two, Huntington at number three. Both of those two teams will face off on Friday. Martinsburg at four, Spring Valley at five, Bridgeport at six, tied with George Washington. At eight, Princeton Senior. At nine is Musselman. Ten, tied for 10th is Morgantown, Wheeling Park, and Jefferson. Cabell Midland at 13, Woodrow Wilson at 14, University at 15, 16, Hedgesville as they are in the playoffs, in the playoff picture despite a loss, and with a win will clinch a playoff spot. Oak Hill at 17, and Spring Mills at 18. Uh, guys, what do we think about these these this week's rankings here as we're just a couple days away from the final games of the season, and then on Sunday the matchup should become official for the first round next Friday? I think my... You can go ahead, Carl. I was just going to say, the top of the ratings make sense to me. I was a little surprised that uh, Hedgesville with the loss was right at down Wheeling Park in- 16. I did not expect them to be up a rating after a loss. I thought they'd drop down, but I'm happy for them because I wanted as many EPAC teams as possible in the playoffs this year just because I feel like they all deserve it, and it's been a pretty solid year for the Eastern Panhandle Athletic Conference, and we heard rumors that if 
uh, Spring Mills can get the upset this week against the University, we might have five teams. We'll have to wait and see. From what I've been doing, I've been doing on uh, what website is it? There, there's a website that you can go on and you can do a prognostication. I was doing that yesterday, last night when I was in here, getting ready for the game. Let me see if I can pull up the website. Where is it? Oh, it's on wvtailgatecentral.com. You can pick the games this week. So I picked the games, and then I had Spring Mills beat University, and they still came in at 17th. So there's a bunch of other stuff. I have to sit there, and I have to pick through who would have to lose at the bottom of that bracket, but it just isn't. University, I think, is squarely in the playoffs, even if they lose. Looks like it, yeah. But um, sitting there at 15, they obviously don't want a loss. I think the thing that jumps out to me is this Park South-Princeton game this week is probably the most important game in the state in terms of not necessarily who's going to get into the playoffs, but who's going to secure those buys. Because in Huntington Hurricane, obviously, but one of those two teams are going to be number two. Uh, I think the Highlanders get that win, so I'd put Huntington at two. Uh, but if Park South were to lose, then they probably could drop down maybe to three. And with a Martinsburg win, maybe the Dogs can jump into that top two again uh, at the end of the year. I mean, I think it's still an outside stretch, but Parksburg South could definitely lose that game to Princeton. But it is still, what, 0.8 points away. So an eight-win Martinsburg team, an eight-win Park South team, you would get some points for the win over Bishop Ironton, but I'm not certain what they would be WVSSAC-wise in terms of would they be a triple-A, would they be a double-A? I think it would be I would presume triple-A because but they, I think when we looked, were 800 students. Okay, so that would be nine points for the win there, and then you'd get your bonus points for whoever wins that you already beat this week, but... I don't know. I don't know if it's enough to get Martinsburg in, but it is definitely interesting if you were to see that upset there, which I think is possible for Princeton to pull that off. And then obviously we have these teams here that are probably 15 through 19 have an outside shot, I think, getting in. I don't see. I don't know what has to happen. You'd have to sit through this. There's a whole three points between Spring Mills and. Universities. Yeah, I think the, that puts university in probably. That that was my thought last night. Or three rating, I should say. Yeah. That was my thought last night. So really the only spot available looks like it's Hedgesville spot, I think. Yeah. All right. Well, we have got to get into these interviews from yesterday. Uh first you guys caught up with head coach for the Jefferson Cougars who are squarely in the playoffs. Just would be a matter of positioning with a win and everything else going on with their tie at tenth with Morgantown and Wheeling Park. Uh, here is the head coach for the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter. Sports mix by the head coach of the Jefferson Cougars, Craig Hunter and Coach Hunter. A statement win for your program last week over Hedgesville, really solidifying, it seems like, a spot in the postseason for your team. What would you like from your team in the win? Uh, pretty much the same thing, you know, um, that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is just the fact that Defense is just trying to be relentless, getting after everybody. Um, we got to the quarterback well um, and made tack- and got better at tackling this past week. Um, still made some minor errors um, defensively, but um, we still got time to clean some of that stuff up. Um, offensively, you know, um, 
with you know seeing Dylan come back from being injured in the March. Um, look good. Evan running the ball well. We finally able to get the running game going uh, in the second half, and then um, you know just the way the receivers played. And coach, uh, you mentioned Dylan's play, and it seemed like he was able to really throw the ball uh, well on Friday, and it was one of his better passing games. Uh, how have you seen him progress as a quarterback throughout this uh, season? Um, I've seen Dylan just continually get better every week. Um, you know, he made some. I, I thought he made some. Really good, dropping the ball in the bucket on a couple of throws, um, tight fits. Um, so he's just gotten better with each appearance. Um, seems like he's getting more comfortable in the offense, more comfortable running the offense. Um, just seems like he's just so all that stuff is just he's getting better in it. The guy that really had a pretty solid performance against Hedgesville was Spencer Powell. Just talk about how you liked his game last Friday and how much he's grown to really become a top guy in that wide receiver spot for your team? Oh, no, there was um, some things that we had last week. You know, um, we had some people banged up. Um, you know, Deshaun uh, was banged up a little bit, so he didn't play at all. Um, you know, uh, Isaiah was banged up, so we sparingly used him in the game uh, on Friday. So it was just a matter of, you know, uh, Spencer just kind of, Taking leader, taking the leadership role to other receiving core like he like he can do. Um, we were able to just move him around a lot and be able to find mismatches and getting the ball. And he just, you know, he was opened up to being, which which receiver isn't opened up to being the guy that week. Um, so just being able to move him around and get him the ball um, just helped out the offense a lot. Coach Washington, this week uh, rivalry matchup for you guys. What does this rivalry kind of mean to you and your and your program? Uh, you know, it means a lot. Uh, to the kids in the program, um, as far as you know, Washington's finally been, Washington finally is starting for me to develop to be a rival. It wasn't because Washington was not a school when I went to Jefferson. So it's still for me to get off the rivalry being you know being Washington, but for the kids who have been here in the area now, it's become a cross county rival. Um, but you know, it's a big game for for the kids, big game for us. Uh, it's a huge game to solidify a better spot in the playoffs for us. So. Um, even though we may be in regardless, uh, it's where you want to be, you know, in the playoffs. What spot do you want to be in? Um, opposed to being, you know, 15, 16, where you got to play one or two, as opposed to being maybe 9, 10, or 11, and maybe having a better matchup for yourself. So uh, it's very important, uh, not only for the being a cross-county rival, but also for, you know, a better playoff spot. What's the game plan entering against Washington? And let's start with the offensive game plan. Uh, just to continually move the ball. Um, that's what we want to do. Continually move the ball. Uh, take what the take what the defense gives us. Um, if they're going to give us man to man coverage on the outside, we're going to try to find ways to get the ball to our our speedy receivers in space. Um, if they lighten the box up, then we're going to run the ball. Um, this is that's just common sense. What about defensively? Just play assignment football. Uh, we got to play assignment football. Get after them up front. Um, not really play it like you're playing a pass. You know, we're not gonna. We're gonna try to get some knocks back up front, but we're not gonna like blow through the line and get upfield. We're just gonna stay play our play our gaps and play gap assignment football and then tackle. Washington sitting here at two and seven, uh, been a disappointing season for them. But what have you seen out of them, and, and what are some things that stand out to you about this year's Washington team? Uh, defensively, they they really try to uh, get after you by throwing stunts at you to confuse your offensive line. Um, and then offensively, just the, just the whole misdirection of the of the single wing offense. Um, they're big up front. 
Um, so, I mean, they can move people. And just like I said, the misdirection of the single wing, if you're not reading the proper keys or playing gap assignment football, you can get lost in the shuffle. All righty, Coach, any final thoughts? Uh, no, not today. All righty, thank you, and good luck Friday. All right, thank you. Take care. As we're now joined on the Sports Mix by the head coach of the Washington Patriots, Glenn Simpson. Coach Simpson, rivalry week this week as you guys take on Jefferson. But let's look back at last week as you got a 35-3 to win over Hampshire. What would you like from your team in that game? Well, I liked how, uh, you know, for the last couple of weeks we've been able to get some guys healthy. Uh, we, you know, we've missed them for a, a good part of the season. They started to, to get acclimated, and uh, they really hit their stride last week during practice and were able to show out when, uh, when we got on the field against Hampshire. It was a, a senior night, a last home game for these seniors, and uh, the team really uh, fought hard to give those seniors a, a victory. And, Coach, uh, what do you think it says about your team? Because heading into that game, you guys were 1-7, in seven and uh, they still continue to fight at this point in the season with the playoffs out of reach. Well, it's, this is uh, part of their DNA. Uh, we, we preach toughness, commitment, and brotherhood, and uh, those – those uh, tenets don't change because of circumstance. In fact, your toughness and character uh, is revealed when you have adversity. And we've had we've had our fair share this year. But uh, to their credit, uh, these these young men have stuck together. Uh, they have remained a team, very much. Uh, uh, wanting to uh, help each other, wanting to be successful as a group. So I, I'm not surprised that, that their uh, attitude and effort was is where it's at because, again, that's that's how we coach it. And, and to their credit, that's what they want to be about. What are some of the things this week in practice that you're trying to build off with the win last week against Hampshire to prepare for this week against Jefferson? Well, the, the main thing is that same attitude that we had uh, last week preparing and, and looking to our seniors, not only for leadership, but also for inspiration. That goes double this week. It's it's not our last home game, but for these seniors, it's the last opportunity to play football against uh, you know our uh, neighbor in the county. So we want very much to uh, you know right some wrongs and and see if we can't uh, shock the world and take a very good Cougar uh, and see if we can't get one. Coach, what does this uh, rivalry mean to you and your program? It's huge. It is absolutely huge. Um, being in the county, uh, you know, seeing seeing uh, the coaches, the students, the players, the faculty, you know, there, there are very clear lines drawn, even though we don't root against each other at all times. But when we get on the field, it is very much a, a us versus them mentality. That's, I think, the way rivalry should be, you know. Fight like like heck when you're on the field against each other. But then, uh, you know, when when our time is done and, it, and it's time for others to uh, go out and represent the county, we can, we can get behind them. What's the scouting report for Jefferson for you guys this week? Speed. My goodness, they are a fast football team. Very talented, very talented football team. Um, 
They they are. Uh, it, this is one of those deals where the style makes the fight, and uh, we definitely have opposing styles. Uh, they are they are a very um, very skill oriented team. They have uh, you know great speed, great great ball skill, and they like to spread the field. We got we we bring we bring things a little tighter, a little closer together, and uh, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be a very fun game to be a part of. Coach, what are going to be some uh, keys for you guys to get the win? Well, we gotta we gotta maintain our blocks. We gotta maintain maintain control of the football. We have to eat some clock because they are extremely explosive. We have to uh, limit their possessions, and and we've got to handle business. We've got to score. Okay, if if we can maintain uh, possession of the ball and score then that gives us an opportunity to, uh, you know, shock the county and, and pull off the upset. Already, Coach Simpson, anything else? No, I'm excited. I, I, I love rivalry games, and this, this is as big a rivalry game as, as I've been a part of, so I'm excited about it. Alrighty, thank you, Coach. Appreciate it, and best of luck Friday night. Thank you very much. That'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kemp Parsons Ford in Martinsburg, they became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll hear from Senator Ryan Weld of the 1st District about the SSAC transfer transfer uh, rule that's gone through the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. We'll hear talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Still waiting to get connected to Senator Ryan Weld. But, uh, Colin, do you want to just kind of talk about what this ruling is? You were kind of in on it this morning as you sent him a text right now. And uh, we talked about it, I want to say, in March. I feel like March is around the time frame that we talked about it. Yeah, that's when the uh, circuit court ruling came out. So the premise of it all is a uh, female student athlete from John Marshall High School, as I'm trying to pull up. Uh, what he sent me here. The initials of AB attended John Marshall High School as a 10th grader for school year 2020 to 2021. Before the next school year, she decided to transfer to Wheeling Central Catholic High School, a 10-minute drive from her home. And the reason behind it, according to, I believe, uh, AB's mother, Heather, um, for the allowing of playing sports was because it provided an outlet for AB's introversion and anxiety because when you move to a new school you gotta have new friends yeah it's a new community and it's something that you're not used to so an outlet to try and fit in in a way is through sports but the WVSSAC has its transfer rule in place that did not allow her to play that year. She had to wait, and they challenged it in the circuit court. The circuit court granted access to allow her to play, and now 
the Supreme Court has came out and ruled against it. So they just changed the circuit court's ruling and are saying that courts cannot uh, interfere in the decisions made by the WVSSAC and when Senator Weld gives us a call and uh, comes on the show, we'll talk to us about that as we're still waiting for him to give us a call. I was trying to give him a call during the break, but got no answer. So, Yeah, and I, you know, when you look at this, we had him on the show. I found the exact date of the show. Uh, it was March 3rd this year, 2022. Um, and that's right around the time that that first court ruling came out, right, Colin? Yeah, if you look at uh, the court decision, I believe it was March 4th. Yeah, so it was, it was while it was going through, and I think they were trying to also have that in. They're trying to make a new rule about it, right? Weren't they? I'm trying to remember. There's a new bill. Yeah, a new bill was being introduced for it, or some, something along yep. those lines. As so. we still wait for his call, uh, but there's a lot in here. He sent us the document, and it's highlighted with a lot of stuff. And was hoping he'd be able to talk about it. Uh, but I don't see the phone line lighting up just I was yet. about to say, if you want to give him a call, I'll give you his number, and we can talk about volleyball for now since we didn't get to that last I mean, segment he since can call we had us volleyball back. last night. He can call us back. I know I I'm gave not, him the number, but... But then I'm not obstructing our okay. conversation. We could talk about volleyball while we wait. Uh, we had volleyball on TV10 last night, the Section 1 semifinal game here in Region 2, Class AAA, and uh, went about as expected. Yeah. I mean, Musselman has been the dominant team in the state this year, and uh, they dominated last night against Spring Mills. Set three was a lot better for Spring Mills, but I think Musselman maybe lost its focus a little bit knowing that the match was pretty much in hand and then kind of regained that focus toward the end of set three and closed things out. So sets up Musselman-Hedgesville for the uh, sectional championship. Um, And... Not really too surprised by how it played out last night. But I thought that fight from Spring Mills in the third set was a good thing to see um, for them moving forward. But in terms of this year, obviously Musselman's still the top team and going to probably be the top team for a while with how much depth and uh, talent they have coming back even for next year's run. Yeah, a lot of depth coming back. You look over to that Martinsburg-Hedgesville game. It was a sweep for the Eagles, so both teams sweep. They're in action tomorrow night for the section uh, championship, which will be at Musselman High School. That will be a 7 p.m. game. We'll have that for you on TV10, WRNR TV on YouTube, 645 pregame. But unfortunately, that's our last volleyball of the year uh, with the regional tournament happening on Saturday. And we'll have Martinsburg football as they travel to Bishop Ironton in northern Virginia. Uh, But, guys, great season that it's come down to what we thought it would come down to once again. These two teams battle it out yeah, for the section the championship, then they'll go to the regions, because if you make it to Thursday, you automatically make it to Saturday. It's been the same the past few years. Uh, these two teams have been uh, top tier in the state, so it wasn't surprising at all that both got the job done last night for this sectional championship to be another rematch of last year's sectional championship, last year's regional championship, last year's state championship. Wouldn't be surprised if we the see same thing goes this year. Hopefully both teams make it to the state championship because we always love saying that the best two teams 
in any sport are here in the Eastern Panhandle. I think what will be interesting to see is if Hedgesville can uh, take another set from Musselman in terms of last time. I think it was a four-set match. So can they force a fifth set? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, really make things more interesting for what we would presume to probably going to be a regional championship matchup again, I would think, because of how these two teams have played this year. I mean – I think there's an outside shot for Jefferson, or Jefferson did win, or no? They no, they host tomorrow night. Yeah, they host. So I think I a good still have not seen for them. It's about I, to say, I'll look and see if there's an update on Washington Max trips. I didn't see that last night when I was getting ready to do sports, uh, because both those teams don't usually update their max preps, and I didn't see it last night, so I don't know. I mean, you, I, I don't see a game scheduled on max preps the phone line flashing or is it accidentally the top line it's the top line but it's stable it flashed for a second uh yeah i don't see, i don't know how that is it, do we have an update if anybody has an update and they want to let us know about how that section two game went last night that would be that'd be greatly appreciated because we have not seen anything uh how that is shaping up over there on section two um but yeah it's about to say, if that's him accidentally being sent to the top line, you want to call him on the bottom line well, just so that... How about what we do right now is we step aside for our next break, okay. and then when we come back, hopefully we'll be joined by Senator Weld. If not, we'll just move on to our next segment. Let's try to get him on maybe tomorrow, okay. talk about this. Uh, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just supply and store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding. Outdoor living is family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. We'll be back, hopefully, with Senator Ryan Weld to talk about this uh, this ruling from the Supreme Court. After this two-minute break, you're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Today is going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Good afternoon. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We could potentially be having a great holiday season. You just heard the uh, current owner of the Washington Commanders there, Dan Steiner wish everybody happy thanksgiving which was a blunder that he said should have probably been happy new year right it was just a couple days after new year when they hired ron rivera in 2020 Uh, but we get the news this morning originally from forbes that the snyder family has hired bank of america securities to look at a potential sale of the team but then you know it's forbes so they're they're locked down you got to pay for the article from uh, get a, an official statement here from the Washington Commanders at uh, right about 11, 11.15. Dan and Tanya Snyder and the Washington Commanders announced today that they have hired B of A Securities to consider potential transactions. And then it went on to say the Snyders remain committed to the team, all of its employees, and its countless fans to p- putting the best product on the field and continuing the work to scale set the gold standard for workplaces in the NFL. Hallelujah. Can we get a hallelujah? It's a great day if this is true for every Washington Well, it is true because if it wasn't true, if they weren't actually looking into it, you know what they would have done? 
they would have put out another one of those statements. This is just a long line of things that, that the, the media in a media-backed campaign to try to get us to sell a team. We are not selling the team. Uh, like they did approximately two weeks ago on October 18th, they released a statement after Jim Irsay decided to make a statement at the owners' meetings and said, we are not selling the team. And what are we doing here on November 2nd of 2022, just about two weeks later, Colin? They're saying that they're selling the team. So Potentially. It, it's big news whether or at least it's a, stake in the team. a full sell of the team or But if just they were just selling a stake, stake in the team, they probably would have made... They said they're weighing all options. Well, yes, then we're going to get into that. But but if if they put out that initial statement and they were selling, thinking about selling stakes in the team, they probably would have put in there, they did say potential transactions because there could be more, but they could have said potential transactions for stakes in this team. So it's a multitude of things. I heard earlier that uh, on B. Mitch and Finley, 106.7 The Fan, that uh, he got a text from a commander spokesperson saying that they are, quote, weighing all options, end quote. So this could be really good. Oh, it definitely is because they're clearly looking. It depends on who buys the team, if it's a full sell or if that person's just a minority owner to help get some money in for a new stadium that's needed for Washington because nobody likes FedEx Field. Let's be honest with that. And nobody that's a Washington fan or apparently any of the owners, too, like Dan Snyder. I'll say this. If I'm Dan Snyder and I'm looking at my options here, because it does seem like he really doesn't have much of another choice than sell the franchise. But the Denver Broncos just sold for, I believe, $4.6 billion. The commanders have been valued at $5.6 billion. Um, Take the money and run. There's a lot of good reasons to sell the team right there. And also, like you said, Colin, they need a new stadium, so that's a whole expense that somebody will have to come in and uh, you know pay for and, and deal with all that and finding a location, which seems to be difficult. So that's a good reason to sell the team. You've been blamed for why the team isn't very good. Well, if you sell it and they're still not good, then it wasn't always on Dan Snyder completely. Obviously, Dan Snyder's not a good person. I think everybody can agree on that based on some of the things that have gone on in his workplace. Well, but, no, he denies all those from happening. Well, I mean, he thinks he's obviously a great person. he denies it. I don't think anybody... He and his family think he's he's an amazing person. Well, of course they do. I mean, he, that's him. I mean, that anyway. But looking at this from my, of course, funny perspective that I want to look at it from is Bank of America, Bank of America Stadium. Are the commanders moving to Carolina? Stop with that garbage. The North Carolina Commanders? And then Stop the Panthers moved garbage. to South Carolina, and they formed the the I best mean, Ron rivalry Rivera in football. Would like to be back. Yeah, Ron Carolina. Rivera's buying the team. Yeah. Ron Rivera's no. coaching. They're the staying team. in Washington. You think until they get a new owner that moves them because nobody in Washington has a spot for their new stadium. Hey, I've They'll got, figure it out I've when got it's a, not Dan Snyder. Maybe. I've got they a will. potential What if it's somebody here? worse than Dan Snyder? I don't think that the NFL would let that happen. You never know. Maybe they're not um, known to be worse yet, but then they come in and they become worse over time. All right. From Tom Pelissero, LPR guy on Commander's potential sale. Quote, any potential sale would have to be presented to the NFL Finance Committee for review and require an affirmative vote by three quarters of the full membership, 24 of 32 teams. And Tom Pelissero also asked about the Mary Jo White investigation. Quote, as for the, or as for the investigation, PR, NFL PR says... 
quote, Mary Jo White is continuing her review. We have no timeline, no update on a timeline. Uh, something that I want to read, which I th- think was interesting, the timing of this is we we know we talked about this a couple times on the show. There's a Dan Snyder Yacht Tracker Twitter account that has now turned into a Dan Snyder Fleet Tracker because it'll track anything that he is, um, they including his planes. So I saw, I think, I believe it was yesterday. Yes. In the last 24 hours, Jan's jet, Dan's jet number two has flown to Tetterbo Airport outside of NYC twice. Mary Jo White works out of NYC, I believe. Could Dan be finally be talking to her? But then it also is then they quote this tweet again this morning and say the sale the sale would explain all the trips to Snyder's jet took to NYC. Perhaps he was meeting with Goodell or meeting with Bank of America. So that all makes sense now. Um, But I just want to take the perspective here as a fan. How many years ago? I think it was 2016. We're not changing the name. What happens? They finally change the name. They are forced to change the name. We're not selling the team. 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 It's all we've heard for the last two, three, four years since 2020. We're not selling the team. We're not selling the team. Two weeks ago, we're not selling the team. Today, we've hired this firm to talk about a potential sale of the team. We're moving forward somewhere. The ball is in the red zone. Which is rare in Washington. Yes. Maybe you got first and goal from the 10-yard line. Maybe now we'll second Heineke and goal. throw an interception. That's an option. Nah, Heineke's 2-0 and right now. <laughs> but Kirk Cousins you're Cousins. so close to something finally happening. And I think as a Commanders, as a Washington, as a, as a football team, as a Redskins, as a diehard fan that grew up 15 minutes, less than 15 minutes from the facility. Finally, finally, something could be happening here. And I don't know if it's Dan realizing that how much toll it's taken. It's taken so like, even if he's got to deny all this stuff, there's been so much time going about this. So much stuff is happening. So much is weighed on his life, you know, from his perspective, even if he is completely innocent, completely innocent, it still takes a toll on you. Yeah. And if he's, and his family's a true fan. I mean, it, nothing's going to stop them from still going to games. They will have money. They could probably get season tickets for free. Could probably for buy a box. Owners, they could buy a box, still be a fan. But if you're a true fan and you realize the displeasure of everybody else, and the blame is on you, wash your hands clean. It seems like he's finally understood that, and. uh I believe Senator Weld is calling us in now if you want to. Do we want to take a quick break first? I'm just letting you know now. We can take a quick break first because we're going to have to. we got 13 minutes left in the program. Let's do it. So uh, right now we will step aside for our final break of the day. Segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll be joined by Senator Ryan Weld to talk the decision coming down from the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. Back in two minutes. 
You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304 263 4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today, and we'll be joined now on the phone by the Senator, Ryan Weld, who's been kind of mowing, going along with this whole process of the transfer rule, and we had him on, I believe, March 1st of this year, and now there's movement in the Supreme Court of Appeals process for that here in the state of West Virginia. Ryan Weld, how are you doing today, Senator Weld? Hey, guys, good afternoon. Sorry about the technical difficulty there. I, I apologize for that. It's all good. We have you right now. And uh, what's the update on this case? So I'm sure you're all familiar with the term uh, jumping the shark when a show just goes overboard and they jump the shark and it's no longer what it was. Well, with this most recent decision from the Supreme Court, the SSAC has officially jumped the shark. And, and I'll get into the decision a little bit. We had a, there was a local uh, student that wanted to transfer from a local public high school here in the Northern Panhandle to a Catholic high school. And they appealed, they, they went to the SSAC and said, you know, we want, to, uh, we want to transfer from the public to the private school because there are smaller cl- classrooms there, uh, because of COVID, the public school hasn't been in session, and we want to take some religious classes. And so that's why we want to transfer. And so the SSAC said, no, you can transfer, but you can't play sports. And, the, you know, the girl stated you, that she was doing this because she was, it was a mental health thing for her. She was introverted, but sports gave her the opportunity to overcome her shyness and her anxieties. And so they appealed that decision. And when you appeal a decision that the SSAC has made, you have to appeal that decision to the SSAC. So they appealed that decision to the SSAC. Shockingly, the SSAC said, no, you still can't play. So when you appeal the SSAC's decision that you appealed already once, you have to appeal it the third time to the SSAC, which they did. And as you can imagine, the decision was upheld. And so the reason that they said that that the transfer rule exists is that a student who is transferring into a new school needs a settling in period, that when they get to that new school, they got to settle in, focus on, you know, your academics, meeting new people. You can't play sports because that distracts you from settling in. And that's the reason now that the, the SSAC claims that this transfer rule exists, not for any other reason except that this, this kid needs to settle in. And so... When the circuit court here, which is the, where the, the student's parents took her to, once the SSAC had ruled against them at all levels, they went to the, the circuit court in High County, and the court there ruled that the SSAC was applying their transfer waiver rule in an arbitrary and capricious manner and found that there was you know, the, the evidence and the testimony that, that the student had given that playing sports for them was a mental health issue and helped them with their anxiety and their shyness. They said that that was uncontradicted. And so they said, this little girl can play. Well, the SSAC wasn't done. 
And they couldn't just idly sit by and watch this happen. And so they went to the Supreme Court to get this decision overturned because they wanted to make sure that this kid could not play sports. For the last year that we had data available from the SSAC and their filings with the IRS, in 2019, they spent over $73,000 in legal fees to ensure that teenagers couldn't play sports. Now, I'm a lawyer in Wheeling, and that's a lot of legal fees. And I cannot imagine spending that much, mon- much, that much money to make sure that a 15-year-old couldn't play volleyball. And so the Supreme Court, in what they ruled, is essentially that the SSAC is untouchable and that they can apply their, apply their rules however they want to and that no one can interfere with them. And it's, it's really a, a, a very broad and extremely extremely broad ruling that gives the SSAC unfettered uh, decision-making and how they apply the rules and and how they do these things to the the students of West Virginia. And it's interesting because there was talk about a a discriminatory intent in this transfer rule and how it's applied. And so the SSAC with this transfer rule is so concerned about these kids who are transferring that they feel that they need to have them settle in and get adjusted to their new school. But that only applies if you're transferring from a public school to a private school here in the state. If you were moving here from Oregon or Oklahoma or Tennessee, a brand new state, you don't know anybody, you don't have to settle in. You can go and you can play sports immediately. No, no transfer rule applies there. You're, you're good to go. If you're going from a private school so if you were transferring from Weird Madonna to, you know, to, to Weir High or to, uh, to, to Wheeling Park, again, no settling in period. So kids who are going from a small school to a, a large school, they don't need to settle in. They can play immediately. If you're going from a non-member school to a member school, so if you're transferring from Lindsley to, to John Marshall, once again, no settling in period. So I fail to see how it's applied uniformly. But that also makes me question the intent behind the rule. And so I just I'm I'm stunned that about the court's ruling. But this just renews my desire to ensure fairness for West Virginia students and get that transfer rule bill that I had last year back on uh, for this upcoming session and get that across the finish line. And speaking of that uh, bill, we're down to our final two, three minutes. So if you can quickly give us an update about uh, where that's at as well, Senator Wall, well, please. So, so what the legislation does is that it, it would grant every student in the state of West Virginia one transfer, and you have the ability to make one transfer to another high school, and you do not lose your ac- athletic eligibility. And it fights back against decisions like this and the power that the SSAC has. Last year, we got that bill out of the Senate. I believe it was a... Uh, it, it, it might have had one no vote or it was a unanimous vote. Went over to the House and, uh, you know, hit into some roadblocks. On the last day of session, we were finally able to agree to some language. But uh, it was the last day of session and things are very hectic and we just kind of ran out of time. And so I'm going to go back at it this year. And I think that this decision and what has been going on since then is just further fuel to be able to get that done and give people the evidence that, that they need to be able to, to feel comfortable in, in supporting this. 
Senator Weld, uh, we're running up on the end of the show today. Thank you for the time, and uh, we'll have you on back when the session gets back up. Sounds great. Again, I apologize for the delay, but thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you again. Thank you for the time. Have a great day. You too. That was Senator Ryan Weld, District 1 in the state of West Virginia. As uh, That's an interesting update. Yeah, I wish we had more time to talk with him about it because it is a huge local issue. I mean, the fact that the SSAC, as he said, $73,000, I believe, in legal fees just to get it to the Supreme Court to make sure that a 10th grader, now 11th grader, could not play high school volleyball for a year just because she moved from John Marshall to Wheeling Central Catholic to, one, pursue a, in her mind, more religious education because that's what she wanted and that's what her family wanted, smaller class sizes, and that was an outlet for her to try to settle in, which is what the WVSSAC said that she needed to do, which is why she couldn't play sports. But if that's the way to settle in, how does that make any sense to the rule? I understand why the rule's in place, because there is definitely uh, some situations where it could be a factor. Um, But I also think that there's a big inconsistency with it. And I think Senator Well did hit on those inconsistencies that would concern me if I were a high school coach or parent. That's really just kind of my take on it. I would agree with your take on that, but thanks to Ryan Weld for finally getting connected with us. Some, some, excuse me, stuff always happens there, but thanks to him. That'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, tonight, you can catch Wizards basketball in new time, 5.45 p.m. Uh, for the pregame, 6 p.m. for the tip-off time due to the World Series logistics in Philadelphia. Uh, but that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. We'll be right back.